If you were a resident of Franklin, Massachusetts in the 80s, it might have been difficult to envision a community that would soon become a hub for the performing arts. Our guest today had just that vision and has worked tirelessly to see that dream come true. Raylan Mercer is the founder and director of the Franklin School for the Performing Arts. We'll have a conversation with Raylan about the development of this dream and the excitement of having the Performing Arts Company and Black Box Theater become the cornerstone of Franklin's cultural district. All that and much more coming up next on Chapters. My name's Jim Derrick, and welcome to another edition of Chapters. On today's program, we have the founder and director of the Franklin School for Performing Arts, Ray Lynn Mercer. So welcome, Good Ray Lynn. Good morning. Good morning to you. Thanks for coming down. Sure thing. It's so I'm so glad to have you here. I wanted to do this program today as uh, we at Chapters Radio is a storytelling show, and that's what we do. We believe everybody has a story, and every story is worth telling. Um, I have uh, no, known Ray Lynn and watched the Franklin School for Performing Arts grow as I've been a Franklin resident now since 1986. Um, I've been to many of their productions, and most recently, I've become very engaged with the Black Box Theater. And I'm very, I was very, very interested in doing this program and speaking with Ray Lynn because I really wanted to know the history of how she got started, what some of the inspirations were for these organizations, and the richness of the theater and the arts in Franklin right now is something that uh, I know that I've only recently come to appreciate, and I'm really hoping that more and more of us do appreciate. So, uh, again, I appreciate you being here, uh, sure. Ray Lynn. Um, so let's get started with the story. First of all, I want to kind of jump into the middle of the pool, and then we'll back up. Can you okay. talk to us about the formation of the Franklin School for the Performing Arts? Sure. I was um, recently out of college. I went to Middlebury College in Vermont after graduating um, from Franklin High School, and I came back home. And um, after majoring in music at Middlebury, I wasn't quite sure uh, where that would take me. Um, I began teaching and quickly assembled a very large studio of um, piano students. And I was doing some substitute teaching and uh, directing locally um, for um, at the high school and was playing in the pit orchestras yep. for some of the musicals being done in the area. You were saying earlier piano had been a passion of yours since you were a little girl. That's right. So I, yep. I studied piano and um, was lucky enough to have a wonderful teacher at Dean College, sure. um, Giuseppe DeLellis, who mm. taught just a couple of us from the community, and it was a very fortunate thing for me. He gave me a wonderful um, music education, and um, although I didn't... Uh, I think I knew pretty early on that it was not a concert career I was interested in, but um, when I went to Middlebury, I couldn't seem to get away from the music building. So the, the the draw, the pull back to the music building was, was pretty strong, yeah. and um, I enjoyed my liberal arts education, um, but it became clear that I was going to find my way um, into the arts in, in some way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And... Um, after I began teaching, um, I, I certainly, I feel like um, teaching and communicating what I know and love uh, was something that, that came easily to me, something yeah. I enjoyed. Yeah. And I had a crazy idea um, one winter that um, perhaps bringing the arts together in one place um, might be a fun thing to pursue. And 
I looked for a space in Franklin where I could try out my idea. And I would have taken just a small studio and perhaps one larger space where we could teach dance and drama classes and just try out my my crazy notion. And I went up the stairs at 38 Main Street um, because there was a sign on the building saying right. for lease. Right. Hey. And there it was. Yeah. And um, it had been empty for many years. It needed a lot of love um, and truly needed only cosmetic fixing up, but it was a mess. And I thought it was the most beautiful space I'd ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and we were speaking before uh, before the program, and I, I love this part. This is going to become a theme through this program. Uh, Ray Lynn has uh, had a vision uh, for this place that I don't think many people would have had. I, I can tell you that I, I moved to Franklin uh, two years after um, the opening uh, in that space at 38 Main. So I'm somewhat familiar with the building. I'm now very familiar with it. You saw something in that 5,000 square feet that many people wouldn't have seen. And uh, you actually brought a a partner in on this that that was really an unlikely meeting and a a very coincidental meeting that turned into something really great. Can you talk to me about that? Sure, sure. So, you know, I had a dance background, but I certainly um, was not someone who was going to put up a sign that I was going to be teaching dance. So I needed someone to come in to run the dance department for me if this was going to work. And I had um, come across a woman in Norfolk um, by the name of Jan Smithers, and uh, she was teaching exercise classes in her basement. And um, it was an unlikely meeting, um, but I knew that she was someone extremely well-trained, and um, she was a vibrant personality. And uh, we got to know each other. And now, now you only saw, you only you witnessed that, and you assumed that there was something else. Oh, going had on to, here. absolutely yeah, there yeah, was. Yeah. Uh, you could tell by one look at her, right. the way she crossed a room. You knew that there was great training behind her. Sure, and sure. Turns but she out, didn't advertise it. Uh, no, no, okay, no, she didn't. Okay. Um, just teaching exercise classes for adults, right. and so um, I was able to um, convince her uh, when when I had this crazy idea of mine. Um, to at least come over and have a look at the space and to consider it was it seemed to me a travesty that she wasn't passing on her great training and her knowledge and her love for dance mm. um, to young people. Mm. But she wasn't somebody I think that would have opened a studio on her own. Sure, you know that's just sure. not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, she thought I was a complete lunatic when she saw <laughs> the space, um, but she said, "You know what? I've got a feeling this this might be." A good thing to get involved in. So, so she jumped in, and for ten years ran uh, the dance department for us at FSPA. Yeah, and 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 that that was really critical for you having her influence there. That was an enormous part yeah. of, of your story. Absolutely, yeah. and uh, she's someone um, I miss I miss dearly every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I learned so much about teaching, about inspiring children, mm-hmm. um, th- by her. Um, her manner and yeah. and the way she approached her classes. That, that's wonderful. Um, I just want to remind folks we are speaking with Raylan Mercer. Raylan is the founder and director of the Franklin School for Performing Arts, among one of her enterprises, and we're focusing on that right now. Um, we're having a wide-ranging conversation about the foundation of, of the Performing Arts Company, uh, its mission, and, and Ray Lynn. <laughs> and getting to know Ray Lynn and the inspiration behind all of this. So uh, here you are in 1985. You're in this dusty space. You've got uh, uh, this 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 person who who bought on to the vision with you that had 
that, that had some real talent uh, and uh, was interested in partnering with you, said, let's go for it. Um, one of the cornerstones of, of your story, as we spoke prior to this, was that you trust your gut instinct. I do. You trust your gut instinct, and you're not somebody who likes to defer dreams. You just like to go for it. I like to just, I'm a problem solver. I like to just figure it out. Where, so. where, did, where do you think that came from? Hmm. I don't know. You don't know. I don't. Yeah. I, I I assume my my parents who yeah. just said, "Do what you want to do." Do what you want to do. Yeah. Because your dad was an optometrist, right? Here and and at one point you were you were in Middlebury College, studying away in in the in the chemistry and the art. Yeah, you know what? It only mathematics took a couple of lab yeah. courses, and yeah. that quickly um, let me know that perhaps that wasn't for me. That right. wasn't where I was going. And certainly, there was a create always a creative side of me that that. Um, needed to be, um, you know, a part of, of what I was doing. So, um, you know, I, I, I found my, my way back to music, did a junior year abroad um, in Vienna, mm-hmm. and I was given an independent study um, course with Vienna, so, uh, I'm sorry, with Middlebury, so that I could go abroad. And I studied on a, a program where I I'd not only studied piano, but art history and German and opera course and music history and some other, you know, wonderful things while we while we were in the city. And uh, the piano teacher that I met um, in Vienna ended up being another um, pivotal, influential person in, mm. in my life. And uh, she saw no reason for me not to come back and play a recital at, at Middlebury. And uh, she was someone who could absolutely bring out the best in you. And although I knew um, the end game for me was not going to be a concert career. It, it just wasn't meant to be. She was one who really encouraged me to, to get as far as I could um, with my technique and playing um, at that point in my life. And that ended up being a real yeah. pivotal yeah. thing for me. Um, and then, um, although I knew I um, wasn't going to pursue concertizing, um, music absolutely was was going to be where I where I belonged. Yeah, it's got to be. You know, you know, Raylan, it's got to be very fulfilling to act on your dreams and see them see them actually uh, come true. I mean, this, this is something. I mean, for me, the '80s feel like yesterday. <laughs> well, yeah, weren't <laughs> but you, they? But I thought so. <laughs> I still listen to '80s music. So, but um, but but seriously, the the um, it's been a long time. But and you, there's been a lot of I'm sure blood, sweat, and tears put into that. Uh, into this organization, you have built an incredible organization. We'll talk more about that later. But um, it must be a wonderful feeling. My my dad used to say, and I just told this story in another program, so I apologize for those that are hearing it a second time. But my dad always would drive by cemeteries and say, "Jim, there are a lot of regrets in there. You know, make sure that you listen to your gut and listen to your, your what your your heart's telling you to do, and and take some action on it. Mm-hmm. Make sure you don't live a life of regret." Right. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Exactly. And I think um, for those of us who absolutely love our work, yeah. boy, it's a, it feels like a really great place. And, and I think it's a lucky thing to wake up every day and, and love what you do. And I would encourage anybody that has not visited either uh, FPAC or um, the Franklin School for Performing Arts, Go over to the office, introduce yourself, say hello, become a member. There are a number of ways. We'll talk about ways for you to get engaged um, to help sustain uh, the nonprofit arm 
of this, which we're going to talk about in a minute, which includes the Black Box Theater, which is right downtown. We're very, very lucky here in Franklin. Frankly, I think we take <laughs> it for granted sometimes, and uh, we can't because uh, this, these organizations, these, the nonprofit wing of this needs our support so that we continue to bring high quality, the high quality performances uh, here to Franklin and make a wide range of music and arts available to, to everybody in our community and beyond. Um, it's really, really great for our community. It's great for real estate values. If, if you want to drill down to the economics mm-hmm. and it's great to the, for the surrounding businesses. And by the way, it's a lot of fun. So continuing on, on with the story, you, you have developed the Franklin School for Performing Arts and you want to develop some differentiators. You want to separate yourselves from the pack. So how sure. do you go about doing that? Yeah. At, at, from the very beginning, um, I, I had a sense of, of Franklin's growth. Mm. And, you know, it was when it was kind of while Franklin was tripling in size um, from what I knew as a kid growing up here. Um, 495 was starting to become the second 128. Um, and the commuter line was being um, extended to Forge Park. So there was a lot more um, there were a lot more people, I believe, in Franklin who did not want to turn around and go back to Boston for music training or to go to dance class. Um, but there were people who were well aware of um, the quality that they wanted in not only performances, but in training they might invest in for their, for their children. So the idea to bring people to Franklin and to have all of the disciplines of the arts under one roof um, was one that... Um, I was embracing at the time, and very happily, it it has worked out very nicely. It it sure has, and and having moved there at that time, I, you know that that's that's a vision that I know you said your parents helped you with that vision. Um, you were listening to what other people were saying, but we were talking earlier. You could drive out on four ninety five. You really didn't even have to look over your shoulder at a yield sign. It wasn't like it is now. Sure. Right. Right. So you you saw that this this development coming, more and more people yes, coming. Yes, and and Franklin still had that wonderful um, you know location, location, location. Yeah. Um, sitting here between Providence, Worcester, and Boston. Right. Um, it's it's a perfectly placed community for something that people might drive a few miles for. Sure. Um, I didn't anticipate, I mean, we have consistently drawn from between 45 and 50 communities to Franklin for FSPA, right? which is quite a big footprint. That's a huge reach. Yeah, it is. It is a big reach. Yeah. Um, we don't have, um, you know, from the, you know, furthest points, we don't have, you know, dozens of students. Of course. But people will travel and from all um, from all directions to Franklin um, mm-hmm. if they find what what they're looking for. Sure. So bringing the um, professional people in um, on faculty and making sure that our programs were um, different than they could find more typically in a small town was the formula that I went for in the beginning. And uh, we, we definitely... Um, Created a course catalog that looked like we'd been there a long time. Right, right, you know, right, I right. Found from the get go. From the get go, wanted Brilliant. something that looked as if we were established. And sure. I remember losing a couple of nights' sleep over <laughs> uh, putting a full page ad in the Country Gazette saying that we were opening in September, and I hadn't even taken over the building yet. So, <laughs> you know, I think <laughs> I think sometimes you have to be you t- have to take some leaps of faith when when you're following your gut. It takes you on some interesting. Um, 
<laughs> sure. Travels. Sure. But and, and you share with me, I mean, even even just you, you had the space and six six weeks later, six weeks later, you had a black tie event. Sure. Why just not? After you got, why not? <laughs> why not? We needed, you know, we um, I, I brought three pianos in um, by crane. Um, one of them was was a piano that I had bought. And it practically was all I owned. You know, I tell people when I opened the school, I owned a car and a golden retriever, <laughs> and that was it, and and a piano. Yeah. Um, but the the pianos were craned into the second floor, and I watched. You know, pr- one of the three things I owned being dangled from a crane in right. the back parking lot of Thirty Eight Main Street and in the door. But other than that, we needed mirrors, um, and sure. we had two dance studios, two mm-hmm. dance floors. My dad built the stage in the drama studio, and. Um, off, off we went. So and, you create uh, this footprint uh, with the help of others. A lot of others. and But that, with a vision, with your vision of bringing in high quality uh, folks that, that uh, would, would differentiate you from the, mm-hmm. from the past. We had a Boston Ballet connection from wow. the very beginning wow. and um, a woman who now um, is um, continues to teach in Florida, but she was a friend of Jan Smithers who um, had come in to run our department. And uh, we just began building relationships from... Uh, on day one, right. and and that has been the magic formula right. in my estimation. If you're going to have me look back a little bit and try to attribute the growth of the school and the success of the community, um, it's absolutely all about relationships. And one of the things that, that um, puts you on the map, and I, I, I didn't know this until this morning, uh, in 1996, uh, the group, your group, your choral group, won the Boston Globe Choral Challenge, and wound up performing Joseph... And the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat with Donnie Osmond. Right. In Boston. In Boston. For three months. For three solid months. Yeah. Which not only puts you on the map with those folks in there, but more importantly says a lot about you, the organization, and your students and the people that you're attracting um, in that group. You said they were they were wonderful uh, in terms of talent, but they were also equally good people. The, the children? The children. Absolutely. And yeah. well-behaved. That's what I meant. Well-behaved, right? <laughs> well-behaved, respectful, appreciative. Um, those, those are all the things that um, we try really hard um, to instill in the kids who come to FSPA. And we, we absolutely promote it. Um, beyond the arts training, um, and that we're helping young people become better people. Um, good, good citizens. Good citizens. Good and stewards. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I think those skills take them far. You know, we're not training. You know, FSPA, some people I think feel as though it's a place only for serious students or people that want a career. Well, that's absolutely not true. And we have so many young people who enjoy the arts just for fun. It's their recreation. It's their um, after-school activity. And so many, you know, we have students who are there once a week for a class. But then, of course, we do have, we call them our lifers. They're there six or seven days a week. And I'm, I'm so glad. Thank you so much for bringing that up, Raylan. Um, uh, Al Mercer, uh, came to me once and said, you should audition for something. And I thought he was kidding. <laughs> I, I, I really thought he was kidding. <laughs> but I think he was serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of gave me a jolt because I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to do radio. So here we are in Franklin with a, this wonderful WFPR. All of a sudden it opens. And I said, why not? You know, why not give it a shot? Um, and um, I think it's very important for people to know that this is a the barrier to entry doesn't exist. It just, does not exist. Just call. Right. 
and, and show up. Right. My son got cut from Franklin ba- High School baseball team four years in a row. He's a pretty good baseball player. Pete Pascarosa, great guy, gave him a, an award for attitude because mm-hmm. he, he had that attitude, which was, I'll just keep coming back and smiling, no problem. Marushka Waters grabbed him and put him into drama. Mm-hmm. And my son, who was the mm, second worst dancer in our family, <laughs> me being the first, um, wound up in some productions. And I've never been so proud in my life because he met a whole new group of people. Right. Um, it had it had an enormous impact on him. Uh, he didn't. He no longer identified with just one group. He wasn't just a jock. Right. He got to meet, and he got a new appreciation for what it was that went on in the theater. And to this day, he enjoys the theater as. As an audience member. Sure. <laughs> yeah. We need an audience. <laughs> but you know what? Who's to say he wouldn't be me at someday and take up Al on his on his, uh, on his his thought? So right. I'm Absolutely. really glad you mentioned that. Um, I just want to remind folks, we are speaking with Raylan Mercer, and we're talking about the Franklin School for Performing Arts, which uh, Raylan founded and is the director of. Um, and we're about to uh, talk a little bit more about Raylan herself. You have a passion for horses that you <laughs> developed at a, at a relatively young age. Yes, and that's that's kind of my other my other life um, yeah. that that not everybody knows about. But um, yeah, I, I rode as a child, and um, it was something my father really loved. He when he was a kid, he wanted. A horse and couldn't. And when he was in a position to be able to get a pony for his only daughter, youngest of four, you know, how cool is that? So it was something my father and I really um, enjoyed when I was growing up. Um, it was always interesting on Thursday afternoons when I had my piano lesson and my piano teacher had to pry me from the horse or, you know, I had to come in out of the barn to to play my piano lesson. There was always a, a little push and pull back and forth. Um, But I continue to enjoy horses um, today. My husband is um, editor of a magazine that covers uh, horse shows around the country for the American Saddlebreds, Morgans, and Hackney Ponies. It's amazing. Um, and did you meet around the, the an event with horses? Or? We did. When the school was still young, yeah. um, I was involved... Um, in the, in horse showing um, to the level where I was a nationally recognized judge. Um, I had to give it up eventually when FSPA became too busy. But it yeah. was a fun, you know, being outside, getting getting dirty, right. <laughs> being around the animals is a wonderful thing um, for somebody that works um, seven days a week. So yeah. um, I still enjoy it. Um, but we met um, when I was judging a horse show in Pennsylvania, and, and he was covering the horse show for his magazine. That's so. that's neat. And I as I, the reason I brought that up, first of all, I think it's fascinating that you're into horses and, and that you were um, a judge at one point and all of that. But I'm wondering about the connection between your creative mind and animals and, and the horses. Well, it's interesting because the, the type of showing that I enjoy is one that's um, the, the standard is aesthetic. Um, it's not jumping. And so it's it's not that type of um, competition. It definitely has a lot more to do with the horse's um, presence and performance and athleticism. Mm-hmm. And it, it definitely is an aesthetic um, competition rather than I, I never saw the wisdom of aiming a 1200 pound animal at a fence, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> or the person on it. Yeah, yeah. I never, I never cared to be um, that person um, on that ride. Uh, so, yeah, there is a connection. And, and funny when we're talking about worlds connecting, um, you spoke to me earlier about Kenny Hadley, who's yes, our drummer yeah. and our contractor of all the wonderful musicians who come to Franklin to right. play in our orchestras or to play with his big band or to be on 
uh, music series at the Black Box. He and I met when I was um, directing an event called A Symphony of Horses in West Springfield. No kidding. And um, I was brought in to try and um, the event had been done with a symphony orchestra and they were trying to change it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I got myself introduced to Kenny Hadley, brought his big band and a 16-piece string section to Springfield to do this event. So we go back um, now 25 years when uh, we put that event on in Springfield together. He's become a good friend. He's a great friend. Yeah, he and, was um, at the opening of your coffee shop intermissions, which we'll course. talk about later. Yeah, of course. Uh, but um, I've but seen he, him play, and he's wonderful. He's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And so he has helped with the, the level of um, music, particularly in the, you know, the jazz. And mm. um, he brings in the most wonderful musicians for our shows, for our musical theater performances. Mm -hmm. And we have a regular, there's there's four of us. Um, we call ourselves the Acme Rhythm Section. And Mark White, Mark Poniatowski, and Kenny Hadley and I um, did the first tour of Europe when we took um, our students for the first time in 1998 to, to um, do a concert tour over there. And um, we've been playing together and have been dear friends yeah. since then. Yeah. You know, uh, great stories. And I, I I have one last question about the horses. They, <laughs> horses fascinate me because mm -hmm. they terrified me until my wife forced me to get on one at our honeymoon in Sedona, Arizona. And, of course, she rides off with this cowboy. Um, <laughs> and I'm saying she's a good rider. And I'm watching her ride across the, the plains of Sedona, Arizona, in the most God's country. It's just beautiful with this cowboy. And I'm on this horse that was given to me, um, lent to me, I guess because of my clearly uh, deficient skills in riding. <laughs> and uh, and I'm going about two miles an hour. And <laughs> what's wrong with this picture? I'm on my honeymoon and my wife's taking off with, <laughs> with this a cowboy. cowboy. Right. But um, but I am interested because the I, I find that horses, there's something about horses that are, when you engage with them, they're, they're very calming. Uh, they, there's a almost a therapeutic quality. Absolutely, with horses. I, I'm just wondering about the influence that 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 might have had on your life in terms of, um, you know, the connection with this this go for it attitude, this trust your gut attitude. Absolutely. Does that have Does that tie back to the horses? Yeah, I think it does. I think it does because you know when you when you're a kid and you're working in a barn, there's so many things um, that require common sense, logic, problem solving. Care, TLC. I mean, there, there's there's many, many, yeah. many things that you have to develop in order to be um, successful working with animals, and they can't tell you what's going on, so you've got to figure it out. And sometimes children can't tell you what's going on; you have to figure it out. So, to the uneducated, I'm still I'm listening to you, and I and I'm really enjoying getting to know you more than uh, uh, I'm really getting to enjoy edit, edit. <laughs> enjoying getting to know you. Um, what I'm hearing is that a director, uh, which you are, a very skilled director, uh, who may not be, as you mentioned, you may be a five foot six, that's not you, five foot six uh, basketball coach, um, and maybe a great coach. You may not be a great basketball player, but you can do the X's and O's. You can see the thirty-six thousand foot view. You can make the movement happen so that everything comes off seamlessly. And horses, when you're riding a horse, I've been told. That they give subtle cues, in terms some of not their so movement. subtle, sure. And some not so subtle. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, it, I just, I just kind of maybe I'm getting too trippy. I don't know, but I see a relationship there. Yeah, and as a um, as a good rider, yeah. um, there's definitely um, you know a, a relationship you have to establish with 
with an animal, mm-hmm. um, and you've got to be able to. Um, yeah, I think you have to think creatively okay. Um, okay. in order to to make everything work the the way you want it to. Yeah. And for the type of horses that that we're involved with and right. that we have, um, the I bring it back to the artistic aesthetic side of it, um, which is mm-hmm. is definitely what we're going for mm-hmm. with with the animals. I promise I'll drop the horse thing. <laughs> I, I just I just think it's fascinating. But um, I do want to get into the um, to what's going on over at FSP. Franklin School for Performing Arts, and it's, um, I'm going to call it its sister company? Sure, our affiliate, yeah. Um, I think the really exciting news for FSPA has been our um, expansion this year. Mm. Yeah, let's talk about that. Folks, if you have not uh, walked Main Street uh, recently and looked at the expansion, please do. Uh, it is absolutely beautiful, and there is also a coffee shop that you've opened there called Intermission. So please tell us about the expansion. Sure. Um, we had... Uh, so after opening in 1985, we'd been there quite a while. I was able to get space um, on one side of what used to be Franklin News on the first floor. And then about five years later, I was able to get space on the other side where um, the Dorico um, Friendly Travel used to be. Right. Um, but we did not have the space in the middle. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't get there from here. Um, you had to go on what I would call the sidewalk hallway to get from one studio space to another. And um, I waited for the Franklin News space to become available because I'd had an idea for a long time that um, the, putting a, a coffee shop in the back yeah. would be a good plan. So it, it had been brewing, <laughs> no pun intended, for, um, for a long time. Yeah. Um, I wasn't quite sure um, about the, the possibilities for the rest of the space, having yep. not been able to get in and really measure it and see what was what. But... We've now um, we now have the whole building, which feels fantastic. It so does. the school it just has a wonderful new um, feeling and ambiance inside because we we have the the whole space and you can get from one place to another easily. The kids can move from the spotlight shop if they're going in there to to get something or to get a snack, and they can get back up to the office and then down the hall. We have a new dance studio to make five total dance studios. That's the ground floor studio that you see as you walk along? Yeah, there's three on the street level and two up above. And then we gained a new music studio, um, all those hallways, and then intermission in the back, which has turned out to be a really fun... It is a blast. And and, um, I just just want to encourage people to go by, take a look um, if you haven't seen it. Um, I went by and took a trip, almost broke my neck looking at the space uh, where you can see into the dance studio. I had no idea intermissions was going in until I was invited, and thank you for the invitation, to the ribbon cutting. It was wonderful. I go to intermissions very frequently. You can get everything from uh, a nice breakfast sandwich to uh, actually great smoothies um, at very reasonable prices, and more importantly than the food and the great coffee uh, is the company. Uh, you will always find somebody in there to talk to. Raylin is often there. Uh, Al is often there. Uh, Steve Crowley's uh, back uh, cooking. And um, it's a really nice communal feel. Um, and it's a beautiful space, beautiful hardwood floors, gleaming hardwood floors, exposed brick. You've got uh, instruments, uh, musical instruments, brass instruments hanging from the ceiling. 
Um, it's really a good feeling. So please get by there. The best place to enter intermissions is from... It's the, in the back of the building. Right, right, the back of the building. So if, if folks are familiar, you right, just split the difference between the black box and Rockland Trust entrance. There's parking right in the rear there. You'll see the intermission sign, head on in. Uh, great place to have a sandwich and, and get to chat with folks. And maybe that's your entry to uh, the Franklin School for Performing Arts. It's a great place to meet Raylan. And, and you're, you're all connected. You've got the whole building. <laughs> yep. So and everything's available. It's going to be really fun. In a few weeks, we're going to get started on uh, putting in the, the deck in the back of the building. So there's going to be an outdoor patio. I didn't know that. Yeah, an That's outdoor even deck. better. So we're going to have um, outdoor seating. We're going to try to create a little oasis back there yep. um, in the middle of a parking lot. But Great. you know what? It's cut, It's going to have kind of a hip feel. I mean, there, and, and that's what we're going for. It for already sure. does, by the way. Yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of the, the goal back there and to yeah. have something a little um, different mm -hmm. to, in a place that's um, warm and um, fun. You know, it's fun to, to right. sit and have a right. cup of coffee or, or meet friends. But it's mostly, um, <laughs> it's, it's fun for people who actually were in the space before we renovated it because it was a costume closet unheated with the windows boarded up. And it was a kino room. <laughs> <laughs> and the back... Um, the back storage space for uh, decades and decades for Franklin News. So there was all kinds of interesting um, things. I, I'm going to say if the walls could talk. If the walls could talk. It would talk, be a very interesting conversation. Absolutely. Probably not G. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. But the, the fun thing for me was once, you know, we had made the decision to do it, um, but once we got digging at the walls a little bit and discovered brick underneath, I about lost mm. my mind. Mm. And when we pulled the... Um, when we pulled the plywood off the windows and realized that the original windows were still intact, yeah. um, then I, I really um, decided, hey, this, this could be something fun for everybody, not just the students and families at FSPA, and, but for the general public. And the contractors you have working uh, for you were great. They, they, they had a terrific. vision. Tony Carlucci's great. T Tony Carlucci, great guy. Good baseball coach, by the way. Uh, thank you, Tony, for what he did for my son. But he's also a great, great carpenter. Um, and uh, they were he highlighted. He didn't always see what I saw, but he was he was game enough to, well, to yeah. go for it. Yeah, right, game enough. <laughs> right, right. But you, you featured them in your program. It yeah. was great. The opening was great. It was a, designed as a playbill. And, um, and it really was wonderful. And you highlighted everybody. And again, I, I just want to emphasize that, that engaging over there at, at what is now – the Franklin Performing Arts Center building. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I mean it is by definition. Um, so engaging over there, you're you're, you're really uh, it's a communal event, um, and and it's what it's part of what frankly has taken this town of Franklin and changed the whole landscape. Downtown looks totally different than it used to. If you're new to town, go take a look at some pictures. You won't have to look back very far to see a totally different landscape. Now we have this beautiful uh, Franklin School for the Performing Arts right in the center of downtown Franklin with a coffee shop. So, importantly, Raylan, I'd like people to know how they get a hold of you if they are interested in becoming a student of your school. Oh, sure. Um, our, our phone number is 508-528-8668. We love direct communication, but you, of course, can go on our website, fspaonline.com. 
www.thepeopleshow.com. Um, the information is there to um, also grab the phone number or to send us an email mm-hmm. if you'd like some information. Mm-hmm. We like best to uh, have students take you on a tour of the school because right. um, they can they can show you from their perspective. Mm-hmm. If you have a student that's interested, that's a wonderful way peer-to-peer for them to hear about what we do. Um, but I'm always available. Staff are always available yeah. um, if you're just interested and would like to come by and see uh, what we do. You won't find a nicer group of people and more eager to take you around than either the students or the staff or Raylan herself. And I would encourage people. Uh, the number once again? 508-528-8668. Great. And, and remember, the uh, and I've taken notes on this, the barrier to entry is none. No experience required. Um, wonderful uh, way to uh, engage your, your children, uh, older children. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, in an activity that could be a lifelong passion. Um, so we're going to take the story, uh, if it could even get more interesting um, and daring, if you will. Um, we're going we're gonna to head on into the nonprofit arm. Mm-hmm. Of, your, of your organization. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? Sure. After the school had been open about five years, um, we, um, actually Jan Smithers, who was um, working on um, a production of The Nutcracker with us, we, we started thinking about the, the future for um, productions and decided that we really would like to be able to present things um, not only out on a student level, but to be able to aspire to... Um, a higher level for many of the productions that we were doing. So we, we came up with the idea of organizing the Franklin Performing Arts Company, um, a nonprofit production company. And uh, with that, uh, we started producing shows with professional orchestra, bringing in professional guest artists, um, but incorporating um, players, adult players from the community as well as students of the arts. So it expanded the opportunities available to students. And that was only six years after the founding of... of uh, your, right, your but dance school. as crazy as our schedule is now, yeah. um, we had the sense to only do two shows a year back then. <laughs> so we did one at the holidays with FPAC, and then we did a musical every spring. Um, and to differentiate the uh, the two entities, um, FPAC is um, open to anyone who wants to be involved. You do not have to be a student at FSPA. So the professionals who come in could be affiliated or not affiliated with the school. Um, Community players, uh, we have a lot of adults who come and just participate in the FPAC shows. And then students also do not have to be FSPA enrolled to be part of FPAC shows. All auditions are are open. Uh, We have a board of directors of um, people in the community who are arts um, supporters, and we have an advisory board of approximately 25 people who are very involved in the organization. Um, We have a volunteer group called the Notables Mm -hmm. who help out throughout the year um, on various um, activities and lots and lots of volunteer opportunities at the theater where um, we're producing a um, year-round entertainment and arts scheduling. Incredibly high-quality performances. Thank you. And what a great opportunity for somebody to, um, who may be a student or maybe like me, just, just, just wants to try out the arts mm-hmm. um, and gets an invitation from Al or from you directly or doesn't need an invitation, just tries out and gets into a play. Um, what a great opportunity. It is. It's a wonderful so the um, mission, community. The mission is to expand opportunities for people to engage in the arts. Absolutely. Would that be correct? On all levels. On all levels. On all levels. As, as performers and um, as 
volunteers lighting. as part of the organization, set painters. Right. Um, we have a, a crazy crew of guys that, that build the sets and um, are involved in the, the less glamorous schlepping of sets from our right. storage facility to the theater. But boy, do they have a great time. And very necessary. <laughs> and very <laughs> Nothing happens without... Grateful for them. Right. Yeah. Nothing happens without that yeah. crew. I want to remind folks, we are speaking with Raylan Mercer, and we're talking about the Franklin School for the Performing Arts. We're now talking about the Franklin Performing Arts Company. Company. And I always get my acronyms messed up. Thanks for the help, Raylan. Sure. Uh, Franklin Performing Arts Company is a nonprofit and took a very, very, if that wasn't bold enough to open that five short years after uh, uh, starting the, um, the her first enterprise, Raylan and her uh, family made a decision to... Uh, to do something incredible in, in the town here, and that is the Black Box Theater. Right. So the, the genesis of that um, was certainly, uh, it, it was 2001 okay. when we talk about how long an adventure can be before wow. one sees the end. Really? In 2001, we um, got a group together, parents of students who were very involved in the arts, and uh, we decided to do a feasibility study to see if Franklin was or was not a good place to put a theater. I should back up. I'm sorry, Raylynn. Your performances uh, up until then were held where? At the middle school auditorium. Middle school auditorium. Okay, yep. great. So I just wanted to set the we were scene in, for this. Right. We were you in were. an auditorium. We have a very small recital hall space at FSPA and a very small studio space with a, with a tiny stage. So anything really small and intimate. We had been doing there, but that was an audience maximum of 60 or 70 people. And you're limited in terms of lighting and yeah, creativity. Yeah, no, no, there were absolutely none. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. So the bigger shows were done, uh, Nutcracker and any of the Broadway musicals and that type of activity was all at the middle school auditorium. Not the um, necessarily the ambiance that one would hope for when, when the production level is starting to right. get higher. As much as we appreciate sure. very much the use of the public school facilities, there was there was a yearning to have our own home for the company. Mm -hmm. um, so the adventure began um, with a feasibility study in 2001, and we raised the money um, and got a state grant to do the feasibility study and brought in a team of people um, who do work all across the country, uh, an architect from San Antonio, uh, uh, a um, consultant from Toronto, and another from Chicago. And they convened here in Franklin and determined, I would say in a nanosecond, that, that Franklin's location was absolutely perfect really? for a facility of some kind. Incredible. Um, yeah. The, the Did you expect to hear that? Yes, I knew. I knew you were going to answer that. Of course, I did. <laughs> that was a leading question. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I did. Um, but you know, I had enough history with what was happening with the school, um, and continued to see the growth in the town. Yep. That you know, but of course, you need somebody else to tell you that, and to have people come in from the outside and sure. very, you know, quite often with a feasibility study, that that part of the decision takes a very long time. Understood. Yep. That part took very little time, um, but establishing the right place for this in, in town was the journey. And uh, we at first looked at um, renovating the old Zeotrope movie theater before oh, yeah, that right. was torn down. Right. Uh, we looked at that building and, and it 
broke my heart just a little bit that it just was determined to not fit. It was too, the stage was too small. We weren't going to be able to get enough activity in that building to make it feasible. Right. And that's what we were asking for was um, the right advice on whether it would work or not. Not too long after that, we formed a realty group. We bought um, the old Franklin Furniture Building yeah. and hung on to that for a while. Um, ultimately, our board of directors at that time decided that perhaps downtown couldn't accommodate um, parking and the things that, that we needed to support it. Very luckily, we were able to sell that building and move on. Um, and, and what year are we in now? Oh, boy. Roughly? I don't know. We're about 2005 or six. Okay, so we're now, we're now five or six years into this dream. Right. Having started in 2001, okay. And then the dream morphed into a project um, of a regional size. We started looking at green space on, on the outskirts of town and maybe turning it into a regional center that was enormous. I mean, that when you talk about a project that was ginormous and would, you know, in retrospect, would have... It would have been a challenge to maintain a lot of what we're talking about this morning mm -hmm. um, for the school mm -hmm. um, and for the company um, in a facility of that magnitude. Mm -hmm. Of course, there would have been other great things about it. Um, the economy tanked um, and took that project with it in 2008. Well, I remember that year um, very well. Right? Yeah. Um, and coming out on the other side of it, we had done some fundraising. Mm -hmm. um, and when we got on the other side of it, we you know, regrouped as Franklin Performing Arts Company. We had, uh, it, had for, it temporarily was New England Center for the Performing Arts was the project name. We came back to our roots and um, just as things have a way of working out, someone says, hey, did you know that the that office supply building behind FSPA might be available. What are you talking about? You know, building that sits right behind us. Right. And um, sure enough. Had you been in there before? Well, sure. It yeah. was Crow's office supply for many I, years. Right. So that's and how I, I knew I'd it. I've been and, in many times, but having spoken recently uh, to Al, I didn't realize that this was one of the, the building was perfectly set up and structurally. It was structurally um yeah, fantastic, because typically you can't just knock out the right. second floor. Right. There are um, supports. Right. You know, that um, was, I was going for load bearing. So, so, right. so, so this was perfectly set up for what you know. The has, load bearing so, yeah. support was from the first floor to the basement. Yeah. Um, so um, the architects replaced um, the, used the catwalk and steel and cement yep. for the catwalk to support the building when we took out the second floor. Right. So, and when did that renovation, when did you actually buy the building? Well, we don't own the building. Oh, I beg your pardon. When we, did the renovation take place? The renovation place? took place from um, in 2013, okay. and we opened in the fall of 2014. Great. And can you talk to us a little bit about what the uh, what the term black box means? Right. The, a black box um, theater, and that's, you know, our the name of our building, we're very sensitive about using all caps, the black box. Right. You know, that that's the name of our our venue. Mm -hmm. um, but a black box generically is um, a theater space that's entirely flexible right? Um, and, and typically black so that you can make whatever you want of it in the space for your particular um, production. And I've seen you do it. I've seen you move stages around. I mean, it's very, like you said, flexibility is key and, um, and makes the space um, anything you want it to be. It's, it's cabaret. Anything... You can go from cabaret to sure. 
multiple stage production to... Sometimes the stage is raised, sometimes right. the audience is raised, right. and that's that's the beauty of a, right. of a black box right. um, facility. Ours is a little bit bigger than a typical black box, so we have the advantage of being able to seat a larger audience. It's, it's more typical for um, a black box to be, you know... 75 to 100 seats right. or even less right. or even fewer. So once again, this story goes along with a vision and that vision morphs along uh, between uh, region regionality and everything. But it starts with that, with the vision that you had, which was confirmed by a feasibility study that this would work here. Right. As, as the uneducated non-theater person, you could have, I would have bet my house on it and I don't mean to bet against anybody. And we, I certainly didn't know you at the time. Had I known you, I would have changed my mind. I wouldn't have taken a bet. But honestly, um, I, I just didn't see it. But I'll tell you something. And this is what I really want people to know. If you have not been to the black box, you are missing out. You are absolutely missing out. The black box brings, well, first of all, the performing arts company brings incredible, incredible performances to the black box theatrically. But also... We have music at the black box, and I'm going to highlight a couple of things. First of all, uh, the Ken Hadley uh, big band, um, Sunday Brunches, um, those are continuing? They are. We have the big band out three times a year, and the next time up is April 8th. April 8th. Okay, so that's right around the corner. The big band experience, um, and this is really exciting music and live, and Mm -hmm. there's a brunch that goes along with it. In addition to that, you can go to the black box and see rock. You can see blues. You can see tribute bands. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're uh, incredibly creative. And there's a marquee. There's a marquee out in front of the the building. You don't need to travel down to Providence. You you don't need to go into Boston to get really high-quality entertainment and have a really good time. And importantly, you're in the company of other people in the community. Right. Can I highlight a few things that are coming up? Please do. As you mentioned, the different different genres of music you can hear. Um, We also have um, a Broadway series. Um, that we'll be bringing Tyler Haynes up on April 27th. He just finished a run of Cats on Broadway wow. and has a long, long list of, of Broadway shows um, that he has been in. And um, he's already been to Franklin twice and um, was very anxious to come back. So um, we are developing this wonderful network of, of Broadway performers who feel a connection to Franklin. So it's very interesting to me that uh, these people, um, when they come here, um, immediately get the community aspect of what's going on and and truly appreciate the energy, the families, the students, um, and the community around what we're doing at the black box mm-hmm. and around what we're doing at the school. Mm. Um, Jen Colella, who is currently um, starring in Come From Away on Broadway and was Tony nominated, is has become a good friend. She will be back in as soon as her schedule allows her to do that. Right, um, right. When we were on tour with Electric Youth last summer, they were warming up on the tour bus and they decided to sing one of her songs from the show. So I took a quick video of it and texted it to her. Responded in 30 seconds with a wonderful message to the kids. But to have this kind of connection um, to that level um, of performer is a really special thing. It that we're really developing. is. And, and unique. And unique. Very um, unique. Tony winner Beth Level um, was the first performer on our Broadway series that we just initiated last year. I mean, these are intimate 
hour and 10 minute concerts where they're they're you know right up close and you know they chat with the audience and um, let them know a little bit about themselves while they sing a concert you don't you don't get that kind of access to a Tony winner very often. And, and I, I've witnessed this. We talked about this earlier. I went to the gala last year, the uh, one of the supporting events that keeps the black box open and keeps this, um, this wonderful resource in our town. And I was just blown away by exactly the experience you described, this, this Broadway star uh, describing in detail uh, what she's about to sing and then when she opened her mouth and sang, it was mm-hmm. truly incredible. That was Darlesia. I get goosebumps <laughs> thinking about it right Darlesia now. Darlesia Circe, who's mm. currently um, in, com- I'm sorry, uh, Once on this Island sure. on Broadway. And uh, so we also have um, at the Black Box, um, as you said, blues. We have James Montgomery. We yep. had Room Full of Blues. I'm working with Racky Thomas right now to hopefully get him out. Are you out. really? Yeah. So Racky Thomas is fantastic. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're working on a date, hopefully, to get that established. But we also have a, a local artist series where we're happy to bring um, really talented people who live uh, in our immediate area mm. um, to the stage. I'd like to look for also young acts that we have a, a band coming in on April 14th um, that um, they're they're just touring the East Coast for the first time and um, want to include the black box because it's where most of the young guys are from that happen to play in that band right. so um, it's yeah it's it's been fun to program it um, we're very very lucky that the acoustics in the place are terrific they are and uh, it was one of those things we, we didn't have enough money in the renovation to bring in an acoustician and really have it analyzed. Um, so we just crossed our fingers. And, and it worked. And it worked. And uh, we, we do really well with amplified sound yes. um, for bands that, you know, yeah. rock bands. Uh, yeah. It works well. But we do the spoken word. Our plays are done yeah. uh, without mics. Yeah. Raylan, um, importantly, I want people... Um, to know how, first of all, to get information about what's coming up at the Black Box. Can you give us the website? Sure. Um, the, the website is uh, theblackboxonline.com. It's all of that. Blackboxonline.com. The Blackboxonline. The Blackboxonline. Right. And um, there, we have a Facebook page, so um, events are posted on Facebook. If you like the page, then you'll get um, those notifications. And... Uh, Check that marquee when you're driving by. Please um, do. We and do have printed calendars that can be picked yeah. up if you if you prefer to have one in your hand. Um, but I I also want to emphasize that um, we're in our fourth season now. Um, but there is a reason there isn't a black box. Um, there's a reason there isn't a theater in every community because it's tough. Yeah. Um, and and we um, we need the support of the community. Thank you. Um, That's we, where I was headed. We need we need everybody to be in or we're not going to be able to sustain it. Right. Um, we're, we're doing as well as we can. We're, as you said, you know, the quality control is something I work really hard at to make sure that people are confident when they come to the black box, they're going to see something that they're going to thoroughly enjoy. And, um, but we need, we need a lot of things. We need people to come. Right. We need you to know that um, it, you're going to have a great night out and uh, rather than choosing something different, we need you to support the theater that's in your hometown. Um, you can be um, a member of a circle with the Franklin Performing Arts Company, and that goes directly to supporting our programming and operations of the Black Box. And right. circles are from a bronze level, a dollar to ninety-nine dollars, right. 
right up through um, a $10,000 level. And um, I want to encourage people to do that. Um, I've done it. It's, it's extremely important that we keep uh, this organization here in Franklin. And as Raylan said, uh, I haven't seen any uh, sure, there are community theaters, but nothing like this in a community that I'm aware of um, around around here. And and uh, I want you to make sure that you also tell your friends. Make sure that you that you encourage groups of people to come out buy tickets to the shows, and do stop by the office and say, you know, something I'm interested in becoming. A friend. That's right. Circle, sure. Circle yep. of friends, right. And circle um, one of the FPAC circles. Get into the great. FPAC circle. And by the way, there's a there's a well, once a year your gala happens, yes. which is an important event. That's and a man, big you night. don't do it halfway. <laughs> and that's the first Saturday in October. I wish I had the date in my head. But it's okay, it's... but it is it is so important that you uh, that you go first to sponsor the uh, black box. Secondly, you're going to have a great time with the highest quality entertainment. And I'm telling you, I'm not going to spoil it. Um, it, it is really first class. And um, thirdly, you're going to see a lot of your friends there. Raylan, so much of what you do, and, and I just want to thank you for this, um, so much of what you do is driving relationships and community around the arts. I am super enthusiastic about the Black Box and its future. Thank you. We appreciate that. I thank you for taking these leaps of faith. I know it's not easy, but without something like this in town, folks, we got to drive to Providence or Boston. So, Raylan, thanks so much for coming thank in. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. And I hope to see anybody listening. I hope to see you out at the Black Box for one of their great theatrical performances or musical events. So, for Raylan Mercer, my name's Jim Derrick saying thanks very much for listening to Chapters Radio. Chapters Radio.